started all right here we are deep cover podcast <laughs> we are back knocking off the rust knocking off the rust been a couple of months since we've all gotten in the lab to record a pod but as usual i'm joined by chris and carrie and we have special guest denar melton doing a little crossover with the fire zone show uh as we preview 2023 ravens training camp which i think is starting next week we're recording on july 20th I think they're starting Monday or Tuesday next week. Um, so right around the corner. Uh, and, you know, once camp kicks off, it's camp, preseason, regular season, you know, the we're off, right? The train will have left the station, you know, once once you get into training camp. So we'll, we'll be doing what we do, God willing. Um, but, you know, since it's been a minute, since certainly since I've done any podcasting, um, you guys may have done some some different things in different places. Let's just go around the room, check in on everybody, see how everybody's summer's been going. Um, I'll start with you, Chris, just because I'm looking at the boxes you stacked up top. Um, how's everything been going, man? Everything's going well, man. Getting ready for uh, vacation time next week. So uh, mentally, I'm already over there. So I haven't been doing anything at work. I just I would literally spent my day today at work trying to come up with a list of my top 30 favorite songs of all time. <laughs> that was my project today at work. So I'm already in vacation mode. Oh, we lost Mike. <laughs> Carrie, Carrie, what's up? What you been up to, Carrie? Man, I'm good, man. Just glad to be back with you guys, man. I ain't seen, you know, obviously we talk and keep up through the chat and whatnot, but being able to sit here and talk with you guys the first time in like three months it feels like so glad to get Batman you know um, I just moved moved from somewhere hot to somewhere hot as hell so you know, I'm <laughs> done with that but you know I, I'm glad to be kind of back in the swing of it Denar what, what you been up to man how's your summer been been the two kids in summer camp that's for sure um <laughs> Trying to make that work and everything, but everything's been good. Just looking forward to possibly something special. Mm, okay. Defensive side of that, all the other football. So I'm excited. Yes, sir. Is my mic back? Can y'all hear yes. me? Yes, yes, you're back, Mike. Yes, sir. Man. Well, bear with us, folks, because it's probably going to be a show full of that. Uh, there's a full-on mutiny going on over here with my laptop and uh, webcam. <laughs> this is a uh, John Harbaugh, uh, Bernard Pollard, <laughs> Ed Reed, and Quan Bolden situation going on over here. We are not going out on, in pads today. My laptop is not having it. Either is the webcam. So, hey, fortunately, I'm not doing this by myself. So the guys can just pick me up whenever I cut out. Hopefully it won't happen too many more times, but hey, you know, when 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 the equipment is done, it's done. Um, but I heard y'all go around the room. I was able to hear y'all, even though y'all couldn't hear or see me. So I know y'all y'all touch base with everybody, see how everybody's doing. So uh we were just gonna go through the roster as it's currently set, you know, position by position. Um, talk about any any battles that may be going on, just general thoughts with the position group. You know, always, you know, a good time of year to touch on the rookies and kind of what what our thoughts or, or opinions might be on on their opportunities and, you know, how we see them uh, moving forward. So 
we'll start off the top. You know, obviously some groups will spend more time on than others. Quarterback, you know, one <laughs> we don't necessarily need to spend a whole lot of time on other than uh, I think we're all still basking in the glow of Lamar getting his deal. Um, you know, that was a whole crazy saga for what year going on two years, something like that. So it was cool that, you know, he got his bag. You don't have to worry about that anymore. You know, you know, eight is locked in at QB one Tyler Hunt he's back probably still, you know, lead dog for the backup role. Although Anthony Brown is back too. You know, we got to see him a little bit last year. So, you know, that word we'll probably say it more than once. Uh, there will be competition, you know, for the backup, you know, <laughs> quarterback spot, but I lean towards Huntley, but it's a new offense. So we'll see. And then Josh Johnson, our man who has been, with the Ravens a couple of times and has been around the league uh, a bunch of times. I think he's 37. That's what this list says, 37 years old. So, you know, Josh, Josh done seen him come and seen him go. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, that veteran presence uh, in camp, probably never a bad thing, you know, knows what to do, knows how to carry himself, knows how to get ready. So that's always a good thing. Um, I'll just go around real quick. Any thoughts that y'all might have on the quarterback group? Um, and you know, then we'll we'll keep it moving. Chris, let's start with you. Um, I mean, like you said, man, they they signed Lamar, so I'm got to be excited about that. We got Huntley there. We got uh, Anthony Brown, who started the game last year too. So you know, that's a solid solid young guy to have as your number three. And then Josh Johnson uh, with that new rule that they have with the um, I think is uh like he's an emergency quarterback or something. Like they could dress three quarterbacks, but it mm. won't count on the. Yeah. Brock Purdy rule. Yeah. So he's like the perfect quarterback to have in that role because he's like the quintessential guy that could, oh, you know, you need a guy to start, you know, emergency start. All right. Josh Johnson. He's like that dude that you would want in that role. So I, I think this whole this group as a whole is, is pretty solid. So um, I'm I'm excited to see what what um what they can do. And obviously Lamar and this new system and new weapons. So it's it's going to be fun. Yeah, and we've seen him before that rule like actually existed. We've seen him do exactly that, right? They signed him on like a Tuesday, and he started a game against the Bengals mm-hmm. <laughs> on a Sunday. So we we definitely know uh, he's the type of cat that can do that. Uh, Denard, any thoughts on the quarterback group? Um, I agree with Chris. I think the reason why Josh Johnson's on the squad is going to be that third guy for the rest of the season. And I think the rule is – it's for guys just like Josh Johnson, which is a guy who can stay on the roster. He can teach you how to play the position, but if necessary, he can step in and the world won't, you know, collapse in a sense. Um, but I think there is going to be a battle between Brown and, and Huntley. I think we've seen the ceiling with Huntley over the last two years. Um. And I think they can do better. I think Anthony Brown probably fits his offense better because of his arm and his arm strength. Um, But, you know, we'll see how things kind of play out. Hey, as long as the job doesn't come down to a quarterback sneak, I feel pretty good. <laughs> Too soon, Mike. Too soon, Mike. <laughs> I thought we've had like several months. Like no. Several months. <laughs> we him, he was watching the Jacksonville game. And it was just like, oh. oh. Yeah. Over the top, oh. baby. Over the top. Like Sylvester Salone. Kerry, what are your thoughts on the quarterback room? <laughs> Love that movie, yes, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it all shapes out. I think the um, – not the first thing, because obviously the first thing you're looking at is um, how Lamar uh, is used in this offense. But secondarily, how does um, Tyler Huntley um, – how does he look in this scheme compared to previous where he was more of a, you know, check down guy, get it out quick, keep the chains moving that way. Um, you know, this is an offense where you're probably going to have to push it down the field a little bit more. And so how does he translate to that kind of offense? And how much was that downswing that he took last year? How much was of that was injury-related? Um, um, you know, I'm curious to see. I think 
people have thrown the injury out of the window as it pertains to his play last year. But I think that had part to do with, you know, him kind of struggling a bit. So uh, I'm interested to see how he, how he, um, you know, performs. And obviously, like you guys said, Josh Johnson being that steady vet that can get you in and out of a game um, is the perfect emergency quarterback. And then, you know, Anthony Brown, like how much um, can he get involved here? You know, Huntley is on his last year. Uh, is Brown the, the heir apparent as far as that number two guy? Um, so, you know, a, a lot to look forward to at this position. Yeah, and Brown, you know, when he got his opportunity, you know, that's a tough spot, you know, going going up against Cincinnati in that, that situation. And, you know, yeah, he threw a couple picks. But, um, you know, I think he acquitted himself pretty well, you know, for – undrafted rookie guy and in a big spot i mean it was an important game you know they were still you know making that chase they had not gotten into the playoffs at that point so they were still you know making making that push um but yeah it it is going to be interesting to see how that plays out it might be a little bit more there than um than you know the way i framed it for sure you guys kind of laid that out okay we'll move on to running back um good group you know, I'll just run down names because, again, this is an audio show. I just had to remind myself of that. I'm looking at the names on the screen. This is going to be an audio pod. Y'all will not be able to look at anything on the screen. <laughs> so I need to make sure I I mention the names, uh, even though they're names that you know. J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, uh, maybe some names, Justice Hill, some names you maybe not as familiar with. Keaton Mitchell, uh, undrafted rookie out of East Carolina. Uh, Owen Wright, uh, another undrafted rookie. Uh, we'll set aside the fullbacks for a minute. We, we'll, 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 we'll separate them out and, you know, we'll kind of come back to uh, Ricard and Ben Mason. But let's just talk about those four guys in the running back group. Uh, and I'll start with you, Chris. What do you what are your thoughts on the on the group? Uh, again, you know, another group to be excited about. Uh, you got J.K. and Gus, you know, fully healthy uh, offseason where they, you know, they they don't have to be rehabbing. And, you know, wondering, like, are these guys going to start on PUP? Like, how limited are they going to be? We saw with uh, J.K. how limited he was where he had to get that second procedure done. Uh, We saw Gus took a little bit of time to get going, too. So um, it's going to be great to see these guys hopefully be healthy week one and and just ready to hit the ground running and and just roll. And, and, you know, we got Justice Hill. Uh, We know what he provides as far as uh, third down back kind of guy, special teamer. Uh, one of the top special teamers on the team. But um, the other guy I'm, I'm interested in is Keaton Mitchell. You know, he's a guy that brings that speed element to this team too. So um, it, it's going to be an interesting battle for that that number three spot. Maybe maybe they carry four. We'll see. Um, but it, it's going to be interesting to see with that that uh, UDFA Mitchell. Yeah, Keaton, I sent it to you guys. I probably should have pulled it up in the notes on my phone. I forget how much uh, of a bonus – that gave him, but it was out of the UDFAs that they signed this year. He was up there. Was it 73,000? Yeah. 73,000 in total guarantees, including the $18,000 signing bonus. I think that was the most out of, out of any of the UDFAs they signed this year. Like I told y'all no guarantee that you're going to make the team because of that. But to me, it's at least an indication that somebody in the scouting uh, on the scouting staff and possibly a coaching staff to, um, you know, see some potential there, you know, enough to kind of throw a little bit more money, um at him so definitely a guy if if you're into the draft like you know chris carrie a bunch of people who listen to the pod out there are you probably saw mitchell at ecu and you know saw the kind of splash plays he made so be exciting you know if nothing else seeing him get some opportunities in camp in the preseason because you know i can't i can't envision a circumstance in which we see jk <laughs> in a preseason game I don't know. maybe maybe not gus either um so, you know, these guys should get some opportunities. Um, Denar, what do you think about this group? You know, we got we got some guys who we know, you know, in the group, established guys. And then, you know, you got some young guys who, you know, get an opportunity to kind of show what they can do. And even if it doesn't work out here with them, you know, with the Ravens, you know, maybe they, they find a spot somewhere else in the league. Absolutely. I think this offense will allow a, a- you know, these guys to kind of showcase themselves in the preseason. Like you said, I don't, I don't think we'll see JK or Ricard. I don't, I don't really think they need to see unless, you know, you want them to see live reps in an offense, but they've got what, uh, 
a joint practice with mm-hmm. one of the teams this year. So, Commies. yeah. So that in itself, they they're not going to play in that game, so they're going to get a lot of live reps in that game. So there's going to be plenty of opportunities to get reps that are needed. Now, I think the biggest question, if you really look at this group, they could all be gone next year. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of right. this. I think that's right, right? There's nobody under contract beyond this year of the, the main guys, the top I, guys. Did, did Justice sign a two-year deal or one-year deal? That's the only one I wasn't – I like, think it was yeah, true. Yeah, Justice, yeah, he's the only one under contract okay. for, for next season. But I'm sure they can get out of that if they wanted to. But that's the thing. Yeah. This competition is wide open. And who's going to take it? There's not going to be any, like, limits here because it's we're not running some schemed-up crazy nonsense. Seen in the past years, you know, we're going to see, you know, a lot more traditional set and traditional kind of run plays. So who's commanding his offense and going to be here a while? And both guys, top guys, have a lot to prove. So – here you go. It's one of those options where everybody's hair is going to be on fire all year. And just, you know, gives an opportunity for somebody to be a part of something special if they can take the reins. Yeah, Kerry, I come to you next on this group. Um, you know, I know people were kind of losing their minds a little bit when they announced that Justice Hill deal. Because like, <laughs> we look at the running back market, it almost seems silly now to like get upset. I, I, you know, over any, you know, of these contracts, because none of these guys are really probably getting what they should be getting. But people were like, I can't believe they paid this guy this much money. But you look at this group, it's really solid, you know, uh, in terms of the established guys that are here. So what what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's a good group, man. Um, you know, I'll be the first to say, you know, I was good with the Justice Seal deal. I think he's a underrated player. I think he's a good player in space. I think he showed himself well in opportunities last season. Um, that he can make some things happen. Um, so, you know, I like him as a secondary piece. Um, I think J.K. is going to have a hell of a year. Um, I think he's one of the best, um, most talented, pure runners in the NFL, honestly. And I, I think he's going to have a huge year. We'll see what happens. I mean, a lot has been made in a running back position. Um, you know, I don't know what that's going to um, entail for J.K. Um, because, you know, the – Free agency class next year is so strong. The draft class next year is so strong. Um, you know, it makes a lot of sense for a lot of these teams, as unfair it is, as it is to running backs, to kind of slow play it um, because, you know, you don't have to spend first-round draft capital or spend, like, big-time free agent bucks and still get a quality back because there's just so many quality backs in the league now. But, um, you know, I, I think J.K. is going to be – you know, end up being one of those guys because I think he's going to have a um, strong year. And then one other guy I want to mention, uh, undrafted free agent Owen Wright. Watched him a little bit. A lot of Mike Davis vibes there with him. Mm. You know, this compact, um, you know, fall forward type of back that can pass protect, that can catch out the backfield and that plays special teams. You know, I don't think he's going to make the roster to 53 this year necessarily, but I think he's a guy that's, that's going to stick on the practice squad and a guy that, you know, down the line could could find himself on the roster. Uh, you know, I think he's a talented, um, you know, versatile dude. And, you know, he's probably four, six something, 40. He's not a burner by any means, but he's a solid get what's there, fall forward type of bag. So, you know, he's a guy to look out for. See, you're not gonna get that nowhere else. We grinding that Monmouth tape. You're not, you're not gonna get that on any other podcast. I'm just trying to tell you. Um, but I, I, I'm very excited about JK's opportunity this year. Obviously, health, you know, has has been the one obstacle for him. Um, you know, in recent recent years. But we saw even when, so he came. He comes back. You know, at the beginning of the year, uh, takes a little time off to get that cleanup procedure comes back, can't fully extend one of his legs and is still leading the league in like yards per carry. He had like a four or five game stretch there where he was, I mean, 
he wasn't able to hit that top, top gear and kind of run away from people and finish runs, but vision balance, you know, everything that you want to see, you know, from, you know, a top running back, it was all still there. You know, he just needed that final gear to come back. So now with, you know, a healthy off season, um, not playing in the preseason, <laughs> I think we have an opportunity to see him really kind of put it all together. We've seen what he's capable of. I don't think what's the, what's the stat? He's never had more than like 15 carries in a game, something like that. Like um, that. Yeah. So, but we've seen what he's done with limited opportunity and it's, it's never disappointing. So I'm looking forward to, you know, see if he gets a bigger piece of the pie. I know they got a group and, you know, different people are going to get, going to get to carry the ball, touch the ball, but I'm really looking for him um, to kind of showcase everything that we've seen kind of the, the puzzle pieces of and and put it all together into like a, a a really good season this year. So I'm excited about that for JK. Just real quick on the fullbacks, Patrick Ricard, Brent Mason. I'll go real quick through you guys. I don't know if there's anything there unless you know one of you guys think this is it for Ricard and Mason is going to take his job. Chris, I'll start with you. Um I I think it's going to be interesting because um you know we've been hearing well yeah I mean you know you take it with a grain of salt but uh, they say Ben Mason has been moved around and look like a, a you know, the receiving type, uh, kind of like in that Kyle Juszczyk mode more than an actual fullback, like the the way that Ricard plays. So it'll be interesting to see if they want to go kind of shift more towards that route instead of the, you know, Pat Ricard, you know, big fullback lined up type uh, type of player. So. Um, that's going to be fun to, to see and, and and how that position as a whole kind of evolves for the Ravens under Todd Munkin. Yeah, I just wanted to pull up what his contract situation was. Yeah, they can they can get out after this year uh, <laughs> if they want to get out. So um, I kind of said it almost like dismissing it, but maybe I shouldn't have. Uh, Denard, what do you think? Is uh, Ricard in, in jeopardy this year, or do you think it's still a year away? He's 20 years old. He's 29. You've spent, you spent a lot of money up and down your offense. Eventually, some spots got to be cheap, regardless if you like the guy or not. So he's a luxury, not, not a – primary source of offense anymore so maybe not this year but next year definitely that's what i'm thinking that whole you know this whole room is is very much in flux yeah gonna probably be looking a lot different come 2024 carrie what do you think you think uh ricard's here you know this season and, and and playing or do you think there's some some jeopardy for him this year um it's tough, man. I, I lean towards saying that he's safe this year. Uh, that would be my expectation. But again, um, and I feel like we've asked this question for like three years running now with Mason and he's been off the team, back on the team. But is he a reasonable enough facsimile um, to Ricard at, you know, I mean, looking at Ricard's cap number, we're talking a, a quarter of the price, less than a quarter of the price. Yeah. Can he be 80% of what Ricard is for that price? You know, that to me sounds like a win. And the main thing that we need to kind of account for here is uh, how many snaps a game is Ricard actually going to get in this offense? Mm. Because, you know, we expect a lot more 11 personnel. We expect Isaiah likely to be used. We expect Charlie Kohler to some degree to be used. And, you know, we're talking about pace and space have been the buzzwords all offseason since Mocking has been hired. Well, Ricard doesn't fit pace or space. <laughs> he takes up space. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, if he's not a guy that is giving you heavy snaps, you know, week in and week out, and he's not that, um, you know, pertinent to what it is you're trying to accomplish as an offense. And then it comes down to short yardage situations, goal line, that kind of thing. Then the decision becomes even easier if Mason is 80% of that. So 
Um, I, I still lean towards him being safe this year, but definitely next year, um, you know, that that that's something that's going to probably end up in, in, in a lot cheaper option. Yeah, you mentioned the the cap number discrepancy, a little over four million for Ricard this year, seven hundred fifty k for Mason. So, um, obviously, he Ricard has been a, a very versatile player um, during the time that he's been here. Going back to him, you know, starting out on defensive line, right before they moved into fullback, and even at fullback, you know, under the previous offensive coordinator, you know, he did a lot of different things. You know, he he play some fullback, he plays some H back, he plays some tight end. In some instances, he was almost like a quasi six offensive lineman in some, you know, some situation. So versatile guy, you know, was very useful and had a lot of roles for him in that offense, which you made the point. And, and so did Denard too. This is a new offense. And so that role may be different. And if it's not, um, you know, as big as it's been in the past, can you get what you need out of that, you know, reduced role for less money and a guy who maybe is, like you said, 80% in terms of performance of, of what Ricard is. So, and, he, and he's not healthy right now, or at least he, he hadn't been going into camp. Um, I think he's still been dealing with some kind of hip situation. So, you know, we'll see if he starts on pup or, you know, if he's, you know, healthy to start camp. We'll, we'll find out. So that's another factor, too, that that always creates an opportunity, you know, for for guys. If, if you're not out there, um, there's somebody else, you know, trying to get them snaps. So we'll watch that. All right. Wide receiver position near and dear to so many Ravens fans are uh, hearts. This is a deep group here uh, on paper this year. <laughs> so let me let me go through the names and then I'll just go right to you guys. I won't do any leading because there's enough meat on the bone to talk about here. Odell Beckham Jr., Zay Flowers, Rashad Bateman, Laquan Treadwell, James Prochet, Devin Duvernay, Nelson Aguilar, Tylen Wallace, Dante Demas Jr., Tariq Black, Sean Ryan, Andy Isabella, Shamar Bridges, Mike Thomas. Rack of wide receivers, Chris, man. What are your thoughts on this group? Man, all of those names and the most important one you said was Tylen Wallace. <laughs> Some things never change. Oh, <laughs> No, man, uh, this is, you know, the first time in a very, very long time where we have a, a group like this that we can be excited about. Um, I, I think, you know, this group, it, there's different flavors to the group. You know, you have Odell, who's a guy who can win one-on-one -on -one situations and be that reliable third down kind of guy, kind of similar to what we saw with the way Flacco would just go to, to Bolden. Um, in those crunch time situations. And, and we know Odell can make those plays when, when you need him to, you know, he, he doesn't have to be the 1200 yard guy. He just, he just has to have those timely plays and, and move the chains and, you know, be a, a red zone threat, you know, then Zay flowers, you know, we, I just saw something that, that Carrie sent us uh, that Sarah Ellison uh, tweeted out about how good Zay flowers is looking. And, uh, you know, he brings that electricity. And that's something that we haven't had in a long, long time. And uh, for, you know, you guys have been listening to us. You know, we, we're all Zay Flowers fans. So I'm super, super excited to see him. And, and Rashad Bateman, too. Uh, he's like the forgotten man in this group. And I think people sleep on how talented he is and what he was doing last year before he got injured. Um, I, I'm, I haven't closed the book on him. I know some people are very quick to do that. Um, I'm, I'm still holding out hope. You know, this is a guy that was not injured in college. Um, his first couple of years in the league, he's, he's hit some, some, you know, bumps in the road as far as injuries are concerned. But um, I'm hoping in this year three, he's able to stay healthy because when he's been on the field, he's, he's been able to produce. Um, and then you got, you know, those, you know, those other depth pieces like Devin Duvernay, Nelson Aguilar, you know, if those guys are your four and your five wide receivers, that's a great room. You know, if if you can count on those two two guys to be step in if somebody gets hurt, I think the depth in this room is, is great. You know, when, when you have a dude in Devin Duvernay who, you know, he had some flashes last year. I think there were limited opportunities for him. And, and I think, and the, the opportunities that he got, he was able to show what he can do. But 
those opportunities again under the last system were few and far between. So hopefully in a system like this, where they're talking about four wide receivers on the field at a time, um, a guy like that, and uh, you know, that's something that Kerry brings up is those space players. You know, he's a guy who can you take the wrong angle and he can make you pay. And the same with, with Nelson Aguilar, you know, he's he's a guy who, you know, physically they talk about just how big he looks. Like he's just he's not he's not a six four kind of dude, but he's just a guy that has mass and he looks different from the other wide receivers. So um I'm I'm excited to see what, what these guys can do and and ultimately Tylen Wallace, man, he's the he's the cherry on top for this group. You know? <laughs> Tylen Wallace, he's the guy that brings the whole group together. So, um, no, but seriously, hopefully Tylen could do a little something, and and even James Prochet. I know he gets a lot of a lot of stuff, but um, you know, these are two guys who, you know, uh, a lot of us were fans of, and uh, you know, we we hope they could show something. So, hopefully, in this new system and these new opportunities, they'll be able to kind of have kind of show what what they can do so um i'm i'm rooting for them um i hope they you know they can show out especially james prochet too i know i love tylen wallace but james prochet if you know about you know what he went through with losing his mom so you know that's that's tough for anybody you know if if you're 50 years old is 60 years old that's tough to lose a parent so to do to lose a parent in your 20s um you know i'm definitely rooting for him to have a, a ton of success yeah, God rest his mom's soul, man. I mean, that you're right. That's a devastating thing for anybody to go through. Um, but, you know, being a young person, that's that's got to be tough. That Denard, I know people are excited about these top three guys, right? The projected top three guys, Odell, Rashad Bateman, Zay Flowers. But that battle for that fourth and fifth spot, maybe even six, if they keep six guys, but definitely fourth and fifth, there's going to be some battles there because we just mentioned all the names. It's probably four guys for two spots maybe, so it's going to be interesting. Definitely going to be interesting. Um, but here we are with another position on this team where injuries is, is, is going to play a very big part. You got two of your three top guys who are coming off big-time injuries. You have a rookie coming in with – you know, some talent, but has has some things to, to grow into. Hopefully they're they're short and too so I I hope this group hits the thing. But I have my questions. Mm. And you know you you've got some guys like Porsche and Mene and Aguilar. If they're in the right role will make this team blossom because they're going to be in their right roles, do their roles. But we need some guys to stay healthy. And I think that's the biggest part of this whole deal on offense. I mean, look at the two groups we just talked about. We got a running back group where we need somebody to to claim it, make it their own. And then we have the wide receiver group where got a lot of guys got got to prove something. Up and down this board, a lot, lot of, lot to prove. So hopefully, it, it produces a quality competition, and we see the best of this group that we haven't been able to see over the last couple of years. Yeah, and some of those guys, you know, part of that something to prove is some contract situations. Getting ready to go into some contract situations and having the opportunity to play in this offense, at least, you know, what we're, you know, some of the, the thoughts that we have about how it'll be different. I mean, that's got to be exciting for these guys, Kerry, thinking about being in a great Roman offense going into a contract year as a wide receiver, as like the, the fourth or fifth wide receiver on the team. That, that is not a very exciting proposition, <laughs> uh, but it's got to be a little bit different with Tom, with Todd Mock and calling plays now. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, uh, for me, starting at the top of this thing is the Odell Beckham Jr. signing. And, you know, obviously we're not getting the, the Giants version uh, of Odell Beckham. But that signing, I liken to um, – so in basketball, I'm an Oklahoma City Thunder fan. Uh, a few years back, they made a trade for Carmelo Anthony. And – this was kind of big in a sense that he had a no trade clause. He had to agree to come to Oklahoma City. 
Oklahoma City never got free agents, you know, homegrown through the draft, never, you know, got that big name person. And they were able to kind of get that with uh, Carmelo Anthony, with him agreeing. The Odell Beckham thing I look at in the same light, in a sense, because this was an offense that wasn't supposed to be, you know, a team that wasn't supposed to be fun for wide receivers to go to. And yeah, they paid a lot of money for him to come, but you know, he's still putting his the rest of his career, the rest of his livelihood on the line. And he picked Baltimore. I think that's a uh, with that, with Markin coming in, I think it could signal a huge turning point in the reputation of this offense around the league after this season. Like you just go back and think about a couple of years from now, you can think about, okay. This is they're just viewed in a different light now, and that could be based off of the signing of Odell Beckham Jr. So, um, you know, I'm excited to, to see what he does. Um, I think on Twitter, maybe around the time he signed, I said he to me could age in the way of a um late career Chris Carter. I think he has that that kind of uh, ability. You know, that kind of ball skills. Uh, some of the things he has is just, you know, natural, God-given talent. Um, so, you know, I, I think he's going to have a good year. Uh, then we just go down a list, man. It, it's a lot of uh, talent. Like Chris said, a lot of different flavors. Bateman can do a little bit of everything. Uh, you know, Zay brings that juice to the table, that downfield speed to the table. Nelson Aguilar brings that that downfield ability to the table and catch point uh, ability. Uh, Devin Duvernay, every time he's been given a, a a chance in space, he's made plays, and now you you put him in an offense where they're hyper focused on creating space and, and and pace. So you know Devin Duvernay may not be you know on huge volume, but I think he's going to be able to make a lot of plays. Uh, just getting him in the space, getting it, getting him an alleyway, and you know, just letting that speed and that rugged uh, open field ability take over. And you know, Chris's guy, I'm excited to to see Tylen Wallace. You know, actually get a shot uh, in an offense that that should be more uh, suited to his talents as a player. So you know, just overall, just a really, really um, exciting group. You know, I just can't wait to see how these guys are deployed, um, you know, how they mixing these guys in in and out, um, you know, how much three wide receiver, how much four wide receiver, what's the base, like all these questions I can't wait to get answered. Yeah, we've talked about this position before under Giro as like I made the analogy to like a neighborhood and, you know, we're all in different states. So y'all, you know, if I say the name of this grocery store, y'all don't have them. Don't trust me. It's not it's not good. But it's like the wide receiver position was like a bottom dollar, like a save a lot, right? In the neighborhood <laughs> under G Row. But then a Wegmans comes in or a Trader Joe's comes in. And then people want to come there, right? People want to shop there, people want to buy there. So now to Carrie's point, you get to Wegmans, an Odell Beckham Jr. wants to come there, right? He didn't want to go to the bottom dollar. He didn't want to go to the save a lot. Where you, it's not only bring your own bags, it's not all bags, it's a big bin with cardboard boxes, and you got to like put them together and make your box to put your food in. <laughs> so, they, they, you know, this is this is maybe a turning point in how this group is perceived within this offense for the Ravens, and particularly if they put up numbers this year, then yeah, that's that's really gonna, you know, sort of turn people's heads. And now it, it may really flip the script on this thing where now, you know, wide receivers. Are looking to come here, you know, free agent wide receivers like, yeah, we're trying to go and play in that play in that mocking office with Lamar. So that's gonna be interesting to see how that plans out. Uh, all right, tight end. We get to talk about um Denar's favorite player. Uh, so we got Mark Andrews, Isaiah Lightly, Charlie Kohler, and Travis <laughs> Vokalek, undrafted rookie. What is Vokalek from? Let me scroll over. Was he the uh, Nebraska, Nebraska guy? Nebraska guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, small numbers in this group on paper um, right now. You know, maybe they bring in another camp body type, you know, a player or not. But we know who Mark Andrews is and what Mark Andrews has been. 
you know, we saw the flashes from Isaiah Likely last year, the kind of ability that he has. He even got a little glimpse of Charlie Kohler there later in the season. You know, he he was coming off an injury and, you know, didn't have the same playing time opportunity that Likely had. But, you know, in that Cincinnati game, you know, he got in, he made a couple of catches, you know, kind of showed what we, we saw from him at Iowa State, you know, a guy who understands how to get open, catches the ball well. Uh, so, you know, good, solid group here. Um, I think kind of the question for people, Chris, is, okay, well, we know how the tight end position has been utilized uh, under Greg Roman, but what do we think it's that group is, how that group's going to be used in a Todd Mocken offense? I, I think he, he's going to utilize them very well. I mean, you know, he's a guy who has who has experience getting these bigger – tight ends out like uh, I think back to uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins um, when when he had him in his system and he was able to utilize him you know in in a great way in the middle of the field and when you look at Mark Andrews who's you know one of the top tight ends in the league but you know Isaiah Likely he's one of those forgotten dudes Um, and I think that he's a guy that creates so many mismatches and same same thing with Charlie Kohler, too. I remember last year when we were speaking about him when they drafted him. Um, I know I certainly thought that Charlie Kohler was going to be the the better tight end when it between um, him and Isaiah Likely. So I, I think that that group of, of three tight ends, if if they can just utilize them and and be able to just mix and match, it's, it's not going to be a thing where you look at the the end of the season stats and you're like, oh, okay. Did, these dudes had, you know, a crazy amount of yards. It's not like that. I'm talking about from week to week, uh, different going up against different defensive schemes. You can utilize these guys in a way that there's a lot of teams in the league will not be able to handle. When you talk about the wide receivers that the Ravens have, and then also the tight ends that they have, you you can mix and match in so many different ways and create so many different mismatches. So that's something that I'm I'm really excited to see. Denard, I'll come to you. What do you think about the tight end group? Um, I think it has a lot of great potential. I think you've got your so-called stud duck on top, but you also have two guys who <laughs> you have two guys who are young and hungry and, and are, are looking for an opportunity to make some plays on this football team. And I, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm, I'm, you know, Mark Andrews number one fan. I, 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 you know, he's a good player and he's done very well. I wish he make some plays in certain situations that hasn't happened in the past. But just this call is a him new out. year. Just call him out. It's not about calling out. It's just <laughs> I'm just messing. Make make a play. Like just make a play. Like just be a football player. Like don't just. He's 29. He's he's not a spring chicken anymore. He's he's went on a body transformation over the last two years. He's yeah, yeah. you know he's slimmed down a good 20 25 pounds. Understanding where his bread is buttered, you know, going forward. He's going to be a passing guy in this league, and he's looking for his next big paycheck. I mean, his his contract for guaranteed money after this year. So he's paying for a new deal. And I mean, we're going to be talking about the offensive line here shortly. There's another guy on there as well who's, you know, he's going to be looking for a new deal. So – Golden opportunity with some people with their hair on fire to make some plays, make a difference. Hope this group makes hey. it. Hope this group steps hey, after, up and does it. After they let Giro go, he said, I don't need these 10 extra pounds no more. I ain't blocking no more. That's over. <laughs> my man, Ain't going to be no more blocking, looks, baby. That's done. My man looking slim like Tra- Travis Kelsey. Like, he went to the tight end U. was like, I, I need to get with these guys. Yeah, he like all of that getting in three point stance and blocking the DN. That's that's later, later for that. That's over. I ain't doing that no more. I'm running <laughs> routes. I'm running routes. Carrie, what do you think about this group? Stupid routes. 
Mark is like, uh-uh, get somebody else to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, two things I would say stick out to me about this group, like two kind of questions or um, just things I'm looking for with this group. The first is, um, is Mark Andrews going to have the freedom he had in the prior offense as far as his routes? Mm. Because we know he had a great deal of freedom previously. But then I remember one of the many camps, um, they were talking to one of the receivers and he was talking about Monken and he talked about how he was he stopped practice and well maybe not stopped practice, but he was really, really focused on guys um breaking off the route exactly when they were supposed to, you know, the exact proper depth. Like he's that kind of keyed in on the details. And so I want to see how that meshes with what Mark Andrews has done, um, you know, under uh, Roman. So I'm I'm really interested to see how that, that uh, comes into play. And then also um, what's the plan for Isaiah likely? Cause you know, He's shown too much in his rookie year to put that back in the bottle. Like it, he he just proved to be an absolute nightmare um, for defenders. You know, too big for you know your smaller nickel guys. Definitely too quick for your linebackers. You know, box safety types. Um, the guy, he's just too talented not to be featured at some capacity. So I, I just want to see how much he's featured and, and what that looks like. So those are my two biggest kind of takeaways from, you know, a, a very talented group. Every time I used to wa- watch Mark Andrews over the last couple of years, that old John Legend, Andre 3000 song, my man had the green light <laughs> popping in my head. <laughs> my man absolutely had the green light. And you know it's real when defensive players – it was Chuck. I, I played this clip for you guys before. Chuck Clark used to come out. It came out. Somebody asked him, what made Mark Andrews so good? And he said, he can do whatever he wants. Right? And the reporters started laughing. He's like, no, he literally gets to do whatever he wants. <laughs> so, so it makes him so hard to cover because he's not where you expect him to be. You know what I mean? You, you're going up against your office in practice. You know, you see cards drawn up, everything. You know how things are supposed to look. He's doing whatever the hell he wants to do out there. So that is that that's the gift and the curse of that it makes him very difficult to guard one-on-one when it works it's great but you know it can cause some of those spacing issues that people have talked about till till the cows come home um you know with with this offense over the last couple of years but it's the kind of thing where you have a talented player like that you don't want to take that away from him but to the point, Kerry, you were just making. I mean, you're trying to say, look, we want you to to be creative and to to have, you know, that natural feel for playing the game that you've had. We're not trying to take that away from you, but we got to find a way to make that kind of work with, you know, the other guys on the field as much as we can. So <laughs> that is going to be an interesting balance to see what they do because I, I don't know that he had to do a ton of that in the previous offense. I think he could just kind of do what he wanted. Um, and it worked, but we'll see what that's like going forward. Um, offensive line. Okay. There's a lot of names up here. Um, <laughs> and the way that they've got them on here, they got the position designations on here for most of them, a couple of them that are just O-lines. I guess they don't know if they're guards or centers or whatever they are, but I'm going to kind of do it like this. I'm going to break it down. I think we feel pretty comfortable with who four of the five, projected starters are right ronnie stanley um we don't know who left guard is that's kind of the big hole right now uh tyler linderbaum kevin zeitler morgan moses right i think we feel pretty comfortable about that left guard let's kind of i'll kind of start there as the jumping off point chris and you know we can we can talk about some of these other names just like 20 names people i'm not gonna read all these <laughs> names uh <laughs> but we can start with left guard as kind of jumping off point uh ben cleveland John Simpson and what we saw in that last mini camp practice, Big Sala, you know, he may have entered the chat uh, mm-hmm. in, in terms of having an opportunity to win that that starting left 
guard role. So uh, not just focusing on that position, but kind of just jumping off there. Any Anything that you want to talk about with the O-line, man, just your thoughts on that position uh, that that position battle and the, the group as a whole. Yeah, this is the um, this is what I'm like looking forward to the most. Um, as you guys know, I, I think it starts with the offensive line. Like they, you know, got to protect Lamar, got to protect the run game, and it all starts with the offensive line. So um, that left guard spot, um, I'm hoping we can see Big Salah take it and you know really have gain control of that because. I remember a few years ago, I think it was a right guard spot where they had Tyree Phillips and um, DJ Fluker kind of doing that platooning thing where one series it was Fluker, the next series it was Phillips. I want to see one guy just get that spot. I mean, you could do that during training camp, but when the season starts, I want to see one person solidify that spot and be the week one starter, not just a guy platooning. Um I hope, you know, obviously, I would hope the rookie can be able to do it. But if it's John Simpson, if it's Ben Cleveland, uh, and then you could even throw uh, Daniel Falele in there because he, you know, his name has been thrown in the mix. Uh, but with him, I'm hoping he could. I, I kind of got my eye on him to to take that that job from Morgan Moses at right tackle. Not this, maybe not this season, but next year. Like I, I want to see him make that jump because I, I do think that he's a talented guy on the on the, as far as right tackle is concerned. Um I'm not too sure how I feel about him. Well I know how I feel about him on the inside. <laughs> I don't want to see him on the inside. Um but um you know but the you know the Ben Cleveland train um I mean is it ever gonna come? I mean it's <laughs> it's year three and the rookies taking snaps you know over him so that's that's pretty concerning. And they're saying Ben Cleveland's taking snaps at right tackle. I don't know what the hell that's about. Maybe, you know, trade bait. I don't know. Like, Oh, look, this guy got long arms. He could play tackle too. You know, I don't know what that's about, but if he ever placed right tackle on, um, in the preseason, I will be turning the TV off. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was, that was a head scratcher to me when we heard that report that he was practicing at tackle. Like, I'm not going to say he's never done it before. Maybe there's things, you know, obviously every part of practice, especially during the season, is not open to reporters. So, and we know that they like to cross-train their guys, particularly at offensive line. And, and in the offseason, Joe D, you know, he'll do all kinds of stuff, guys going here, going there, whatever. So maybe it's happened before. But it kind of just really caught my eye and got my attention because I'm just like, mm, that's not something I definitely – uh, saw coming. Um, so Denard, I'll, I'll take it to you with the offensive line again. We feel pretty good about, I think we feel pretty good, you know, assuming everybody's healthy about four of the five uh starters. But left guard, when you start to hear all these different names, it's one thing when it's like a two man battle, when you're hearing like four or five names, it kind of gives you that indication, like, hey, they they don't really know who is gonna win that to that spot. You know, one thing. We know John Harbaugh. We do know him. And we've seen this this show before. We don't know a certain position. We you kind of touched on it before. We don't know the position, who's gonna be there. And they start the most experienced. And that's John Simpson. Hmm. And eventually. We all see the writing on the wall probably around week three when teams get more tape on, on John Simpson. The reason why he was on the street is fill in the blank. But we've gotten reps for insert rookie or insert second guy where all of a sudden he takes over the role and just from there on his game improves every every week. I think we're in for something like that. And you know, I think we know kind of what Dolphins line will look like and the functionality of it and things along that sort. I think it's probably the strong on the offensive side of the ball. Even even over the tight ends. I, I think collectively uh, the offensive line is, is a they've done well drafting. I think I think uh they get a bad rap a little bit about drafting the offensive line. They always, you know, around. 
But at the end of the day, they've they've done a really good job over the last couple of years of, of having an offense that's being pretty good. So I think my choice. Um, hopefully that somebody does step up and really take that position by the by the balls and and we don't have to talk about it anymore. We we turn off every week, and we know the the, the offensive line who's going to roll out there, and we know what they're going to do instead of having to figure out who's going to be the left guard this week or graded out terrible. Who's who's up next week? Well, the guy who got married, you know, to the stripper down the street, and now he's fishing out of the back of a boat, and we can't find him. And now he's four hundred pounds. And we're going to put him out of right tackle. Then we draft one of those guys. I was gonna say, are you talking about somebody in particular, or is this like a hypothetical? <laughs> I, you know, just saying. Okay, just... sounds sounds like really specific. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think I might. Have I, I don't have that. any animosity. <laughs> just you know. Hey, throw throw in the uh, the cocaine allegation too. I had it. Just throw throw that in there. Carrie, uh, hey, well, <laughs> let, you know. <laughs> let me come to you. You said it, not uh, me. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, as reported, right, by sources. So it's not me. I'm just relaying information. Uh, I'm not verifying. At least, at least rip it off her leg. Yeah, I'm not I'm verifying this information. <laughs> we, we, we're about to go down the champagne room uh, <laughs> segment in the podcast. Carrie, uh, let me come to you on the offensive line. You know, you can think back to just a few years ago, man, and having to – Talk about wow! I wonder who they're gonna, who's gonna play left guard, who's gonna start at left guard. We would have loved to just had one spot on the offensive line to worry about. You can just go back a couple of years, and like Chris was saying, they were shuffling the deck all over the place on the offensive line, and you know it was it was a lot more in flux. You know, last year uh, it was a very solid group; had been pretty solidified. Um, you know, Linderbaum comes in as a rookie at center, has a good year. Morgan Moses, who, you know, Chris and Kerry know behind the scenes, I was dogging, uh, <laughs> watching his Jets tape, but he comes in and has a solid year. Ronnie comes back and, you know, is he going to get back to prime Ronnie? You know, he's talked about that, how he thinks, you know, he had a solid comeback, but he feels like he really wasn't his, his tip top old self and he feels like he could still get there. So that's exciting to think that he can still get back to that. And Kevin Zeidler, just solid experienced vet, you know what you're going to get game in and game out so just having to really concentrate on one spot you can't feel too bad about that right Gary? yeah for sure i mean they've done a good job uh retooling this offensive line uh you know there's just optionality uh everywhere uh on the depth chart now um you know i'm looking at a guy like um file lele having him um waiting in, in the wings as maybe that right tackle and waiting maybe he gets in this left guard conversation you know, that's a possibility. Even going down the list, like a dude like David Sharp, who I've always been a fan of, you know, having him as what your fifth tackle <laughs> at this point, yeah. it, to me, it, it is one of the better situations in all of football, honestly, uh, as far as the tackles go. Uh, you have options that left guard, um, you know, we still need somebody to kind of uh, take the reins of that position. But, you know, there is a few guys that um, I feel comfortable enough with that, you know, the cream should rise to the top eventually there. And, you know, somebody kind of steps up and, and takes that their job on. But, you know, overall, just a lot of depth. Um, you know, you drafted seven round, you um, traded back in and got, uh, Andrew Voorhees, and now you got him waiting in the wings next season as a guy that, if he wasn't hurt, he's probably a third round pick. Uh, so, you know, just a lot of uh, depth, a lot to be excited about, and a group that played uh, played good football last year. And like you said, the, the main thing was getting Ronnie back healthy and kind of solidifying everything else. Um, and then, uh, you know, Patrick McCarry um, being. Solid. Yeah, being a, a, a really good backup tackle, you know, in a pinch, he can um, chip in at guard or center. But, you know, just overall, just a really, really good situation to be in with this line. 
Yeah, they bring in over Sam Mustafer from the Bears. You know, they they lost oh, yeah. uh, Tristan Cologne as kind of the backup center. So now you bring over Mustafer, who, you know, Bears fans will say, hey, you know, good riddance. I've heard some of them say that. But <laughs> when you've got a guy like Simpson, you know, who who ends up on, you know, finds himself on the street but has started games in this league, you know, uh, when you have that kind of depth option, that's never a bad thing, right? It could be worse. You could have a undrafted rookie guy who's never, you know, been in an NFL game that you got to throw in there when an injury happens. They've got some guys who've got NFL game experience um, who, who could step in, you know, in, in, in an injury situation. So I think you, you, you definitely, you know, feel better about that uh, regardless of, you know, kind of whether the guys were good enough to be long-term starters or not. Um, you know that they have played in games and, and kind of know what it takes to, to step in. This is the end of a two-part uh, training camp preview we did. Um, as you just heard, we went over the offense position by position. And in part two, uh, we're going to do the same thing in the defense. So come back and check that out.